What do you want to drink? Man, I don't know. There's Depends on what, what are we going to talk about. Really I also brought Malloy's uh, latest single barrel, this uh, 15-year Canadian whiskey finished in cognac or Armagnac. It's fucking I feel like ridiculous. I feel like Steve Malloy is the next Matt Brown. Fuck Steve Malloy. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start saying that on the podcast? Welcome back to the Keen Lake Podcast, the <clears throat> premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming live from Chicago, Illinois, in the Lakeview neighborhood, now the most highest traffic volume of area being robbed at gunpoint in Chicagoland. Okay. What a place to be. What a place to be. And I don't have a Scotsman with me because God knows where he is. He might not even be alive. Maybe he was held up in gunpoint before he tried to go back home to renew his visa so he can move to New York and be gone from us forever. But I do have a man who claims Puerto Rico is the best place in the entire world, even though he is American according to his birth certificate. But he prefers rum over bourbon, although he sells bourbon. He might even sell a little bit of gin from Kentucky. Who knows Kentucky made gin, but it's really good gin. With us today, back by popular, well, not so much popular demand, but just back because he showed up. <laughs> Wilson, Razor, Ramon, Torres. Hey, young world. So good to be back. So good. He's treated so well. Just to the gentleman of my life, my left has been treated very well in life. I feel like um, coming off a stint in Kentucky where he raised hell with Steve Malloy. Fuck Steve Malloy. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that guy? Who is that guy? Um... <laughs> I see He's that. I also see right this guy has been running a lot across Chicago land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Training for life. <laughs> you always have to be ready. Training you have for to life. Be ready. Training That's for true. his entrance into heaven, and brought with us a plethora of gifts from the gods, oh, yeah. all from Kentucky, um, Metallica, Goose Island. Oh my god! All everywhere. Everywhere. An author of sorts, maybe on one bottle. That's gonna yes. be interesting. But with us today, also. Chris, the urban bourbonist. Dun, dun, dun. Thanks for having me back. Always <laughs> a pleasure to chat with you two chaps. We're actually recruiting you to become a permanent uh, host and fixture on the podcast. All I have to do is ask. Oh, I'm asking. He's asking. I'm, are, well, you a, are, are, are you are you like? What do we do? Do we prick our fingers and like <laughs> with, and like do a, a, a blood? You choose a handshake, and we'll drink to it. Um, we have to watch Walter Payton highlights. And then we go from there and see what happens. Right. Because the Bears right now, there's oh, no highlights good, to be had. Good Lord. Hey, you know what? You know what's awesome about being a Bears fan? You still have 14 what? games. Um, you lose by a team you're playing this week loses by 50 points and they're favored to beat you. <laughs> yeah, that's at home. At, you're at, at home, home and at you're, home. you're favored to lose Come to. Come on. It's, I bet it was Wilson and his band team. of misfits that stole all that stuff from Hallis Hall. Yep. Just taking it's, it's, lawnmowers straight I mean, out the it's, door. It's, I'm at a loss for what that way. I I don't I don't think I've ever saw such Get a deep. sad <laughs> looking display. Game. Oh man, I just and I never say that we suck. I never say that they suck. It's just they're professional athletes, and I'm just like, ooh, I just we're not very good right now. So I support three teams in my life. The Bears being one of them. Everton Football Club and the wow. Iowa Hawkeyes, mostly football, and Caitlin Clark, but. At halftime, going into the Bears game after Iowa played and Everton played on Saturday, Everton, who is a soccer team, for anybody who doesn't know, had scored more points than the Bears and the Hawkeyes combined. Oh they, scored, they scored three goals on Saturday. Hawkeyes goose egg. Bears goose egg at halftime. Brutal. I know. But that's okay. That's, that's why we drink whiskey. That's why we drink whiskey. This is true. 
This is true. To uh, to bring cheer into our lives. Well, I need some cheer now. So, Mr. I, Urbanist, I kind of I kind of want to start with this asylum. Let's do that. Bardstown collab. Little um, little collaboration. The second uh, the second go round on on this collaboration. A little different from smells last like a, year. Smells like a brewery. Last year they did twelve wow. year wild turkey. Finished in never heard, uh, never heard of them either. Um, in the uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Stout Barrels. This year it's a blend. Uh, I don't know if it says on this label, but it's a blend of a couple aged uh, Kentucky bourbons. I want to say five and nine years, something like five that. Five and nine years. That were. Could I push record? Speaking sure. <laughs> that were finished in the um, Bourbon County Stout Barrels. I, I might have those ages wrong. And then they took, n- I think, nine-year Kentucky whiskey. It might be that wild turkey um, mash bill. Mm. And they blended that into the stuff that was finished. So wow. they took unfinished Kentucky bourbon and blended it into, layered it into the whiskeys that were finished in the uh, Bourbon County Stout. So it's definitely different from the one that uh, they did last year, and it's quite delicious did you get the sample down in kentucky no they sent okay. this one they sent to me gotcha he's uh, chris just returned from the uh kentucky bourbon festival uh, yes. kbf for all the cool KBF. kids out. KBF. yes um i was supposed to go but uh, yeah didn't you have the media pass <laughs> i did but i had to be in texas until friday night and wouldn't have gotten to bardstown until like Two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, Saturday, oh, and had to leave yeah. on Sunday, and yeah. then to Colorado on Monday oh, for yeah, work. So been. you were missed. However, oh, okay. you oh. were missed more by Steve Malloy because I think he was very much looking forward to shacking up with oh, you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, that was a possibility. At the hotel, he he expressed this multiple times throughout the weekend. At the Fairfield, yeah. <laughs> he, got, he got a good rate because of you. So yeah, yeah well done. <laughs> He's like, if Jake was here, but just more magical. It, that, it that, oh, that pill didn't suffice. You would have fogged his glasses up. Oh wow. <laughs> sure would have something. Yeah. Steve Malloy coming on the podcast, uh, recording with him and Eric Rosentreter on Friday afternoon. If anybody yeah. else wants to come out to Steve Malloy's and to oh, Glen Ellen that, that day. sounds like fun. This yeah. Friday? This Friday. Ooh. We uh, will be having a little lunch at Maze and Mash. Um, of course. Hopefully, I need to text Garrett back, but have a little meeting out there. Yeah. Meeting at Malloy's. And then um, it is the fall festival at Beer Cellar that Beer evening. Beer Cellar. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we'll be doing some uh, Manhattans with uh, their single barrel of Star Wars. Fantastic. If anybody else in the Chicago suburbs area wants to come. This Friday. To the Beer Fest, or Beer Cellar Festival. Not to the podcast recording, because you know what? Steve's poor in office, just can't handle that much heat. <laughs> I mean, it's very porny, but... You can handle the heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to get this a... smells fantastic. It does. Yeah. Smell. It's like kind of chocolatey. Yeah. yeah. It's a mocha. This this mm, reminds me of a brown ale. It does. Mm. It, it, as soon as I opened the bottle, it was like brewery. Yeah. yeah. Which I love about I, stout finishes. I didn't know that was coming from them. I was like, ooh, what? did I spill something? And I'm looking and it's coming directly mm. from Well, cheers, guys. Well, cheers. Cheers. Welcome, Chris. Yeah. I think this is... In terms of finishes, when it comes to whiskey, there's ones that I definitely prefer over others. And something about stout and bourbon yeah. just absolutely works. Like it, does it is work. just, it's a great marriage of flavors. I don't want to toot my own horn. Though. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> 
this. You haven't had it. You don't even know. No, you were talking about it upstairs. You no, should try that next. I don't want to promote. You should. Starward Stout Cask. I'll promote Stout it. Cask. I'll promote Is this uh, available? It's coming. coming. Oh, it's coming. It's literally on the way to Breakthrough right now. Very cool. Yes. But, yeah, no, I'll stick Color with Barstow. I also, did you get to try Jay Henry's? collab with goose island no but i the hut it's called husk or something husk, like yeah, that yeah, yeah i want to try name. that bad great great name. yeah great name yeah very good name um yeah joe what the fuck man yeah well but he moved just the beer he was right the he beer finished to, he literally moved on to the farm did yeah. he yeah <clears throat> i'm like where you been i didn't know that until he started talking yeah, about i thought it. he was I'm in like, milwaukee yeah i'm like he hey. was in madison oh madison yeah, 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 yeah. i'm like hey i'm here and he goes that's cool and then i called him when i was in madison last week hey i'm here uh i'm here i'm like where's here oh i'm in uh i'm on the farm Ooh, before we lose we get too sidetracked because we're on 18 different conversations right now <laughs> including um because of wisconsin are you guys going to the Wisconsin Whiskey Festival? Mm-hmm. I will be there. Yeah. Are you staying? Charity has a table. We are yeah. staying tonight. I think I'm staying tonight. I think we're staying tonight. Yeah. I think we're staying tonight. We're going to make it a weekend, I think. Sweet. Yeah. I think we're going to try to do the same thing. Because I know last fun. year we all were going we, to stay tonight and then we, no one stayed tonight. No yeah. one stayed. Everyone left. I, I felt left bad for, uh, for Anthony. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> he flew in from North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From Raleigh, yeah. And then no one stayed. <laughs> we were like, oh, <laughs> yeah, we're all going back to Chicago tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm staying up there for sure. Cool. Like, we will have a key in the lake table. All so right. once again, maybe Dixon Deadman will just drop in again. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. Make Nick cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, the Bourbon goal, Charity I, will also have a table. Right. You guys won yeah. last year too, didn't you? Yes. It's, I was not there, but Bill, this year I will be there. And Bill, Bill will be yep. helping out beer lovers of Wisconsin great for guy. anyone on he's uh, Instagram. Such a jolly guy. He's a great yeah, dude. Jolly guy. Very, so very. Jolly. He's, he's a very like, great guy. Love him. He's like Brett Bauer, but nice. <laughs> <laughs> Shot across Brett's gonna, bow. I thought you were going to say taller. Uh, I mean, Brett's, too, Brett's more handsome, obviously. He's uh, one of the most sexy beasts out there. That Coop haven't master. Seen, haven't seen him for a minute. Coop master. He's been traveling. He's been he's been on a run. He's been on a tear. So have I. Coop. I'd like to so uh, hear what Brett thinks about the uh, recent acquisition of his company. Well, well I don't even know about that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, DeSorono acquired really? Sagamore. Yeah. I was trying to buy them for years. <laughs> I know. I know, dude. You don't got that DeSorono money. I was just trying to use Nike money and not so much Under Armour money, though. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, this is, this is enjoyable. Back to the Bardstown drink Bourbon Company fast. collaboration with Goose Island. Delicious. It's, it gets even, like, syrupy at the end where you drink it. But it has, like, that barnyard mm. kind of... Uh, Tastes and texture to it, like hay, in a way. Mm. Um, what's the barley? Obviously, talking from the beer, probably. Usually, a note that I'm not very fond of that I usually find and I get out of Whistle Pig, but this. Oh is, yeah, this is a different hay for it. This is like hay. hay this is hay. nice. Hay girl. Yeah, this is a hay girl. Hay. Yeah, there's a little. Um, wow. Little. Yeah, I get that. Definitely that. Little bit of that hay barnyard. Then comes with some cherry chocolate. Yeah, definitely that mo- like yeah, mocha nice. coffee kind of on the finish. Really, I mean, Bardstown. It, when it comes to one collaboration and two finishing, like there's pretty much no one that's like on the level uh, that mm-hmm. Bardstown Bourbon Company is. It says cast strength, but it's at fifty percent. Yep, it's hundred proof that's cast really strength. Interesting. Well, yeah. We learned this just recently. Um, Talking to the mic. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, at Alarmist, we've got 15 barrels uh, that we're doing a stout in our weeded bourbon barrels. 
we learned from them and some others that you will lose proof when going back into already a uh, yeah. with your stout. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to like just shoot considering. Um, oh gosh, I had everything in my mind. Now I can't remember. Anyways, but no, yeah, you're, you're actually going to come to a real nice mid-level proof, mid-level anywhere between 101, 100 and 105 depending mm-hmm. on the depending on your enter your state of barrel. So if it's wet, right. you're going to get that higher you're going to get a higher proof if it's been sitting for a little bit. Then you're going to go on a low end, but also depending on how you made your stout, would also add that too. So the viscosity of your actual stout too. Some stouts now I've noticed are coming in kind of like not not as uh, thick, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. So it, that could also play the as texture. Well. You mean? Te- thank you. Uh, yeah, it is an oily texture to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Totally. <clears throat> this is very really delicious. It reminds me whiskey. Delicious. It reminds me of like. Uh, not the taste, but the texture after you've had an old fashioned, the cube's been in there for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, smoothness to it. Yeah. Hmm. But that coolness. I had a really bad old fashioned last night. Did you wear? I don't want to say. I, okay. I like the bar a lot. What was I shouldn't wrong? have ordered a cocktail, put it that way. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like you shouldn't have ordered a cocktail from there or you yeah, should have. Yeah, bar. Oh. But they had, uh, <laughs> I know the bartender and okay. he didn't make it. The one I know. Oh, okay. So good. I'll put it that way. A lot of ice in there. Mm. Too much ice. ice? Yeah. But you know what? I went, went and saw explosions in the sky afterward, and it made it all up for it. Oh, Had a nice Tecate <laughs> tall boy with me. So, you know. A Tecate tall boy. Yeah, nothing better than that. Man, I haven't had one of those in a while. No, well, you're Mexican. You probably should. I would think <laughs> it would be more of a Modelo. Ooh. The number one selling beer in America? Damn Skippy. And I'm not talking about peanut butter, gentlemen. This is... Uh, I had actually five Modelo pints, 17 shots of tequila, <laughs> and three lime wedges. <clears throat> when? When was this? Over the weekend. Oh, oh, that was your weekend. Friday through intake? Sunday. Was that mostly? That was, was that mostly around three thirty to six thirty on Sunday, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wedding that then. Oh, nice. Then, just spilled over into Sunday, and Sunday fun day became Sunday drunk day. It yeah. was just like, oh yeah, my god, it's bound to happen. Very productive Monday. Oh, Monday was hard to get through, but gotten through my saturday was kind of like that saturday was like that well you know usual stop at aj's for some soccer then a five-year-old birthday party but there was modelos there so that was nice yeah and then to green post for a few cocktails such yeah so i love that concept there it's a great concept there yep really nice Hmm. man i really dig that shall we uh move on to the star wars style cast yeah oh yeah Yeah, we have to because it stay on stay on the same theme like i i I feel like now i'm talking i've been actually like not talking about star wars for years in this podcast i feel like the last like three or four it's all i've talked about well i also interviewed this is what you do brother yeah i guess you know but i also kind of i have come to a crossroads with this podcast um um, I know I mentioned it on Callum's final episode that I had considered just quitting the podcast completely, which was, it's factual. It's just hard to get guests and everything lined up. Sure. Um, and then, you know, I've taken on a bigger role and responsibility with my company over the years. So mm-hmm. even just talking about whiskey when I don't have to talk about whiskey, you're like, <laughs> you're like oh, cool, turn it off. But, um, you know, it was great to catch up with Dave before he moved back to Australia last week. If you haven't listened to that podcast, it's really interesting about building a brand, not so much about Star Wars, just building a brand in general in America after you yeah. become like the darling of your home country and trying to expand it into the biggest drinking market in the entire world. And winning Distiller of the Year on top of that. 
That was mostly because of me. I know. I distill great spirits. <laughs> but no, white, I think it's... White this people is, do. This is a very innovative... <laughs> hey, we're Italian. <laughs> Both he and I. Um, I think this is one of the most innovative projects that we've done. We do a lot of weird shit, but uh, this one, it's kind of crazy because... So it's... it's um, both uh, Solera and Nova, oh, about three and a half years old. Which we do a lot of our projects. We take take stocks from both. From both. But we have a, a brewery that's a big fan of ours that buys our barrels. So they barrel age their stout cask, and then send the barrels back to us. And after about three and a half years of being inside of both Australian Sherry cask and Australian Shiraz cask of our two single malts, we marry them together in the U stout cask barrels for a year and a half. Um, and then we usually release our whiskeys, our core whiskeys around 80 to 86 percent, okay. or 80 to 86 proof. Um, this one's at 104, and a lot, even a lot of our LTOs are below 100. So it was interesting to see it at that high wow. of uh, a proof point. It came out probably around 111, 110. I would 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 guess, depending on how the casts are after, you know, going through a couple of vintage, vintages at the vineyards, then being barrel-aged with whiskey in there, then barrel-aged with a stout beer, mm-hmm. um, then sent back to us in another finish inside of there so a lot that goes into it and this has aged five years yeah so it's about three and a half in the wine cask and then a year and a half inside the stout cask which is long for us too oh yeah that's i was gonna say that's that's much longer than normal yeah um but i also when i first opened this bottle the other day i just Mm. tried it i think on what is day tuesday i just tried it on sunday for the first time um it just brewery came out of it it felt like sitting back at a guy recording the podcast see this just drinking it now and smelling it now as soon as i smelled it i was like that's star word whiskey yeah it's like in it, there. it has the star word like yeah, signature yeah I like a little bit of fruitiness uh, mm. on the nose vanilla's in there which i get a lot of our whiskey but i think it's amazing how our team who's really young does that consistently whatever we produce there's always that dna of star word in the barrel the bottle do you I'm getting the Star Wars DNA up front, but that back end, mm-hmm. that stout comes through in nicely. Mm. It's almost like an espresso martini. Yeah, kind of. But the, the creaminess of it. A little bit like some stone fruit in oh, there too, yeah. though. Yeah. A little cherry, a little peach. Total Star Wars signature, like right off the bat. Like that fruitiness, but then this just moves into like a straight chocolate bomb for yeah. me. Yeah, I like, get that. Chocolate cherry, like yep. chocolate covered cherries. 100%. That's what I was just thinking. Oh my God. That it's is... like when you have like a chocolate mousse cake and there's a cherry on top mm. and it sinks in there a little yes. bit. Yes. You know? Totally. The color on but this is. a good is cherry, a dark amazing. cherry. Yeah. Good cherries. Good cherry. None of those cheap cherries. None of that bullshit. Honestly. Right. That's, <laughs> that's like right there with that Bard Somber and Company oh, and Goose thanks. Island collaboration. I mean, that is. Yeah, outstanding. Do you guys think that collaborations like this is the future of whiskey? I, I hope, hope it is. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really do hope. I, I feel it will kind of silence the whole, you know, rising tides, you know, rise, raises all ships, you know, when Doesn't. a lot of us don't have a ship in the fucking game or in the harbor, <laughs> you know. So it's like one of those things. It's like you have to. I feel that's something that, Early bef- before the pandemic, Jake, when we would go out and market, mm. we were good about, we would do collaborative tastings. We would do collaborative online things. We would we would go on calls together. You mean during the pandemic? Yeah. You know, and yeah. then in during the pandemic, I just felt that, you know, 
that's when it really does matter. And so it's, yeah. it's like, hey, you have something that I don't, and I have something that you don't, and to, together we can really help one another. That is what a true collaboration is, and this is fantastic. Fantastic. This is fucking fantastic. And for it to come the way it is uh, at the time that it has, I you just can't go wrong with something like this. This is a fantastic blueprint for other um whether it be a brewery winery other distilleries to really get on board and search out who you really like who yeah. you drink with when you're not at work so your point about the podcast you know hey I, I, do i want to spend every free moment talking more about whiskey because that's what i already do with the, the first 24 hours of my day <laughs> you know i mean yeah did you invent more time you can <laughs> you know the great ones can slow it down you know, so it's. I just feel that this is a, a true testament to to where you're at, um, and I think this is a true testament to where this is going. Thanks. Yeah, <clears throat> it's. This is fantastic. This is absolutely fucking fantastic. It is. It's a great whiskey. I do hope that this is like more of these things, which it seems like this is, like things are trending in this mm-hmm. direction, like collaboration wise. Um, I brought another one, which we'll, we'll taste. Actually, a couple other ones, yeah. which we can taste at least one of these other ones. But mm-hmm. it's more exciting to me <clears throat> to see, and and like the collaborative effort in terms of not necessarily like doing a, like I love the idea of like a cask finish and like collaborating between a brewery and a, and a distillery. Mm-hmm. Like that's super cool. Um, but even like, here, here comes the pin hook uh, plug. <laughs> like, damn, the uh, one, t- <laughs> one fucking episode. Yeah, you know the the collaboration of taking just whiskey yeah. and collaborating with someone else to blend the whiskey, or yeah. just taking someone's whiskey and blending it and giving it your spin on on their whiskey. Like, that's more exciting to me mm-hmm. than just taking a whiskey and dumping it in. Some crazy finished barrel, and then saying like you did something unique by, yeah. by yeah. doing that. Yeah. Like you didn't, but it can taste good, of course. Right. But you know, taking that next step to think about things a little bit more thoughtfully, and mm-hmm. like why are we actually doing this, mm-hmm. and then taking that intent, and then telling people about it, and saying here's what we intended to do, here's the finished product, and then. To me, as a consumer, that's cool. Yeah, and I think we would all say that's going to happen at these smaller brand levels. But yeah. technically, it was one of the biggest that opened the door for this with Beam and Le- uh, Centauri doing Legion. Yeah, that's I'm true. just thinking about it right now. It's true, yeah. Um, which, you know, take two giant international distilleries. Granted, they one own, owns the other. So sure. And they're the same portfolio. That's why they're called Beam Centauri. Um, yet the collaboration of taking bourbon over to Japan and having master distillers blend, blend the work together and master blenders, um, work on that kind of opens the door for all these other brands, but it'll be interesting to see as bigger brands keep in the portfolios, keep buying up smaller brands. Um, what happens to them along the way? Will that open the door for collaborations between, Oh, let's just say like, like on the Diageo portfolio, Balcone is now going there in the last year. Like would would a bigger brand on their portfolio work with a Texas distillery or something really creative and innovative where nothing you've ever seen before with like you know, bringing 
a scotch over and mm-hmm. barrel aging it in Texas with the heat and seeing how, hey, how does this barley work out in these barrels that we've been using for a hundred years? Yeah, do in Texas something along yeah. those lines. Just I thinking think off the top of my head. I think they'd be stupid not to do that. Yeah, I just yeah missed opportunity. But but the in, but along with the intention that you spoke about, Chris, the challenge needs to also be included. You have to challenge mm. yourself. You just can't marry two large names together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Legion is is a very good point. Is a good example. I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I don't think it was well received personally. It wasn't. Supposedly, it's gotten better. It has, you know, <clears throat> well, for sure. I and mean, I, I haven't it, had it in forever. The new well, ones, it's the yeah, first time good. you do something like that. Right. So you know, what are the chances of you're going to hit it out of the park? You know, the first time around. You know, I just feel that if you're going to collaborate, collaborate to your point, Chris, very um, thoughtfully. Um, with a true clear objective, but also with a challenge. Like I would challenge the larger brewery and or the larger distillery to find an uber local distillery and or brewery yeah. or winery. Hey, let's let's work together. I happen to like your XYZ because I had it. I've been drinking it. I'd really like to see what that would lead to. Yeah. It's, it's almost as if they're making a educated, you know, risk assessed decision than just going out and finding themselves a phenomenal partner Mm. and just doing something together that's where the true challenge lies totally brands can call one another each and ceos and all these master distillers they can fucking talk to each other all they fucking want yeah but seek one another out that's where the true challenge is yeah and make something fantastic together like this this is well i think it's the problem though is because as more brands become corporatized and bought up I mean, we saw it at Koval when we were working with little brands, and all of a sudden, oh, Anheuser Busch has bought you. Yeah, cool. We cool. can't now. We can't. We have a, now. We can't do anything. Yeah, or we can't put anything on the name, nope. your name on the label, or any projects died. Yeah, yeah. So that's always the bummer there when they're not independently owned anymore. Mm-hmm. I think this leads perfectly into a whiskey that we should try next. Yes. <clears throat> and this is the. It's called the Maester, and it's from Kentucky Owl. And I'm going to defend Kentucky Owl just briefly because, you know, they were purchased by Stoli several mm-hmm. years ago. Of course, like right off the bat, that just like puts them, <laughs> yeah. that just put, that just like knocks them the down in so many people's minds because oh now, <laughs> because now, yeah, because now they're owned by this, you know, huge corporate conglomerate that, that has so many other brands and things going on but over the past three years and i'm just speaking specifically about um what we're going to taste here today they've done these limited releases where they have done collaborations mm-hmm. and the master blender at kentucky owl has collaborated with the master blender first one was louise McGuane, uh from jj Corey, mm-hmm. and they did like a saint patrick's day release and, right. and the whole idea was like to create a uh, a whiskey that like had that that like Irish kind of style mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to it. Then last year they did um, a collaboration with a Japanese master blender, and it was called the Takumi Edition. Mm-hmm. And like the whole concept was is like to create like a Japanese style um, bourbon. Mm-hmm. And that whiskey was, and if you did not try it, you cannot shit on it because <clears throat> so many people did they. They just didn't buy into what Kentucky Owl was trying to do. And that whiskey was just so, like, beautiful and restrained. Mm. Like, the restraint that it had to take to make that whiskey was just 
astonishing like Mm -hmm. it was so well done and you Mm -hmm. have to have like i don't have much experience drinking japanese whiskey but i've had a few and like there's some really cool stuff happening in japanese whiskey and they are like dialed in on like i feel like japanese whiskey just is like restraint yeah like they take it to like a certain point and you're just like delicate how yeah it's delicate yeah like how did you get it there Mm mm-hmm and they did that with the that Kentucky Owl release last year as a bourbon. Yes. And then this year they collaborated with um a master blender from Scotland, uh Marine Robinson who was mm. with Diageo for like mm-hmm. 40 years and she worked on like Johnny Walker, mm. Buchanan's, The Singleton, like all these brands <clears throat> with Diageo as a master blender. And the concept was to take Kentucky bourbon and create something that resembles like a scotch whiskey. Mm-hmm. Of course, not a peated scotch, anything like that, but like to give some of those I guess those flavor profiles okay. that you would find in a unpeated scotch. You both have a drink scotch whiskey. I'm interested to see what you think yeah. about this. And then now the master blender at Kentucky Owl, John Ray, has stepped aside and Marine who he blended this with is now the new master blender oh, for Kentucky that. Owl. So oh. it's like him hand it's like handing off to a new master blender. Cool. Yeah. And they created this it's a Kentucky bourbon. It's like three different age statements. I think four grains okay. end up in this between the three different whiskeys they used. And I'm it's to me I won't say anything more about it, but <laughs> I want you guys to try this because I think that these these collaborations that they've done over the past three years have been outstanding despite what anyone wants to say about this brand and mm-hmm. who owns it. Yeah. And which by the way, I'll just say one other thing about this. I know I'm rambling. No, 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 no. Like great. Where are the people who were shitting on Kentucky owl for selling out? Where are they now? When Penelope sold out, <laughs> when uh, blue run has sold out, where are all those people? Yeah. Where are they? I I haven't heard anyone saying jack shit about those acquisitions. Yeah. But people wanted to shit on this one. And I think Kentucky Owl has done some really interesting things. Now, have all of their releases since the acquisition been great? No. But it it doesn't mean just because an acquisition happened Mm. that good whiskey still can't come out of that. And I hate that people just will not give a brand like this a chance once something like that happens. happens, Do you think it's because the price point on it? Probably. That affected a little bit where, you know, Dixon was behind the brand so much, so it's face forward about, this is what I'm doing. Um, Like you talk on the Joiners podcast, the transparency that goes into whiskey now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what he was doing. Like, I'm getting these stocks, I'm making old whiskey into blends, Mm -hmm. and this is why it's this price point. Yeah. Whereas, like, I guess now that he's gone, people are like, well, the identity of the brand is gone. Why am I paying so much money for it if it's not as good? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, it's I, not going to be you the can, same. You're you right. You can get but, into whether the whiskey is good or not, whether it's worth it. But to just completely write it off because oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Of, it, of the brand selling to a larger corporation is, I don't think that's fair. No. And, like, yeah. Agreed. Would I have rather seen a lot of these independent brands stay independent and continue to do what they're doing? But it's impossible. It's impossible. And guess what? 
Penelope didn't get into it <laughs> to, to stay an independent brand. They got into it to do exactly what they did. And I, I'm telling you, if you ask Mike or Danny, did you start this brand in order to eventually sell it? I'm pretty sure they're going to say, yeah. yes, we did. Yeah. Blue Run. <laughs> First of all, they were sourcing whiskey. Both these brands were sourcing whiskey from major yeah. distilleries, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Blue Run 100% started that brand <laughs> to sell it. They came out with a beautiful bottle yeah. to grab everyone's attention, high age statements. And the whole concept was... Let's sell. get a lot of people on board, and then we're going to sell the brand to Collector's somebody. item, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a and I retail. doubt they would deny that as well. Yeah. So uh, I don't get the argument that you know these brands are sellouts, and now even, they can't make good whiskey. I don't even know if I've ever even had Blue Run. I've had just the rye. Wow, that was a long rant on, yeah, by, by myself. No, great. but, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great viable point. rant because I feel... Because once Dixon left, obviously, and he started obviously two XO now and so on and so, which is just as fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel that they needed to make a decision. How do we revive ourselves? Because now we're dead. We're dead. Dixon's gone. Yeah. The, the wise old owl is gone. So where? How do we maintain our yeah our prominence? Or where do where do we maintain our fandom? So why don't you bring in worldly and global names to help you do so? Yeah. You know what? Now let's. Now is our chance to show us like, hey, we had a fantastic blender. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? There are so many other fantastic yeah. ones too. We're gonna in fact we're gonna prove it to you. I feel the St. Patrick's Day blend is what put Kentucky Owl back on the map. Right. And and no one no personally. one gave that. I don't personally. Think. It's still out there. You can yeah, find it. You very can readily. find it. You can which still is find it. Kind of tragic because that is a it's really, a fantastic whiskey. It's a really, really good whiskey. Um I'm sure you could probably buy it for less than what it came out at i would sure i would recommend people buy that bottle yeah. because it is it is really good and louise from jj Corey is oh yeah an, she's unbelievable whiskey maker mm. and blender she is and then when you talk to her you're like hell yeah, yeah. i'll take a bottle exactly so go t- to going back to that you know that that little addition that you get when you buy these oh i talked to the guy himself yeah the wise old owl yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm gonna buy it these are other wise owls. These Listen, are other talented individuals, especially the women that are coming up in this industry yeah. that are fantastic and have a much more uh, favorable palate to what we would consider bad. They find a way to make it fucking good. Totally. And listen, Dixon, I, I love Dixon. I, I'm actually pretty good friends with him. Mm-hmm. He was. I just invited him to do a barrel pick for a bourbon charity, which he came along with um, at Bard Sound Bourbon Company. Like, you have to separate those things one thing from the other though like yes he was kentucky owl mm-hmm. but just because he left doesn't mean that they can't do something with the brand and i'm not saying that everything that they've done has been outstanding mm. i am saying if you're going to look at anything that they've done over the past 3 years look at these limited at these. these limited collaborations that yep. they've done because these have been fantastic this one happens to be my favorite of the three. Um, this is and awesome. by the way, Maureen Robinson is in the Scotch Whiskey Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, she knows her shit. She's been around for like 50 years in the industry. So you can't tell me yeah. that, like, they have someone that doesn't know what they're doing right. creating the whiskey. Because they have, like, one of the best 
probably master blenders on the planet mm-hmm. now working for the brand and creating this bottle. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, I mean, they really were brilliant and smart to go out and and ask for these things to happen. To go out, and it goes back to the earlier point that we made, let's seek out someone who can really, really show that well, we, yeah. we're still here. We so, are still here. I'm and I love the little see kilt what she that does. it wears, too. That's yeah, this cute. was like, this is so this bottle <laughs> I got, they did an event at uh, Kentucky Bourbon Fest to like um, kind of release this this new edition it was kind of a release That's event cool. and so yeah it's got this little kilt on it and um but i am interested to see what you guys think about mm. what this smells like and it's and fun. tastes like so it says blended with the expertise of a scottish master blender and like the whole concept again is like to take kentucky mm. whiskey and and like create us like a scotch style yeah bourbon she did it. She did it. <laughs> um, um, shit. I would never. I mean, maybe a little bit. I guess. I guess it's a bourbon. There's a little bit of that sweetness in there from the corn. Um, I'm guessing there's some rye in there. It, yeah, I think it's corn, rye, wheat, but malted barley. Yeah, it's got to be a single malt. It tastes like a. It, there's like a Speyside delineation in there as well. It and gets, it's all Kentucky whiskeys. Right. Yeah. No, it just it's. I get like a peppermint patty, and like a little bit of that orange kind of tangerine taste you get from like Glenn Farquhar and Abelauer. That is what I was going to go with the uh, Abuna. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just like... Just the lightness of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's got like this just light quality. It's 100 proof. It just, like I could sit and yeah. smell and drink this. It's delightful. All day. I mean, it's, it's really good. This is lovely. And That's I'm, why I don't, I don't think of it as a bourbon because yeah. the way it tickles my taste buds, um, much more like a scotch with like a, you, it's it's like almost, it's going to come off wrong, but it's, it's faking the identity of barley with the spicy notes on there. Yeah. And some of it did it with rye, I'm guessing. Oh, I like that. But, oh man, it's just like, it's like some, bur- like you get an 80, you can get a 90 proof bourbon. Like you can just chop through that most of the time mm-hmm. where it's just sweet tasty mellow and delicious yep um but this one like man I, it, you can drink a lot of it i'm yeah. guessing you can sit down with this and drink quite a few ounces of it and be very have a very enjoyable time but at the same time it's pleasurable to the senses in much more of a way where i want to like, t- like chew through it and taste oh. through it and digest it and think about it it's really it's really delicious like this is probably one of the most interesting whiskeys that I tasted <laughs> yeah. at, at Kentucky Bourbon Fest, and um, it—that's why I yeah. want to bring it and share. It, it with shows you, guys. you the—it shows you the true art of blending. Totally, totally. Where it it's like anybody can make a pretty decent—not anybody, but a lot of distillers can make a pretty decent bourbon by making using corn, wheat, and rye, mm-hmm. maybe a little barley, whatever you want to do with the mash bill, and putting it into some good barrels for three to four years. Yeah, you can make a pretty identifiable bourbon in that sense. But okay. to do this, where it's it's representing the land of Kentucky in such a different, unique way than what you're used to doing. What you, like people who've been on the like I'm sure listen to this podcast been drinking for 10, 15, 20 years when it comes to bourbon. Man, yeah, this it's fucking I, excellent. I, I have tried scotch over and over again. Jake's been pretty much the only tutelage I've had in that realm, but <clears throat> and it's one I just can't really completely get into. This is a fantastic gateway to that. 
It seriously would be like if you. Yeah, this would be a. It's fantastic like a band game. going back and like recreating their first album twenty years later. Like we're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna That's t- actually a very good analogy. We're, gonna like, we're like, not necessarily like strip it down or anything like that, yeah. but like we're just, we're gonna use the same chords and progressions, but we're gonna use different instruments on it. We're gonna add like some horns in here or something How like funny. that. I was just listening to the Cure on the way in because I was like, that is a band that I never got to see when they were together. And one that I've always wanted to. They were just touring. I know. The Cure was? The Cure, yeah. yeah. They were here in Chicago twice, maybe. Hmm. Two? Yeah, they were, actually. I think um, there was a bartender. I forget. Anyway. Yeah. Somebody was just talking. Actually, somebody was just talking to a bartender yesterday about the. About the Cure? Yeah. Must have been the same bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was. <laughs> so. That, yeah, was is, that was my rant. That was that was the whiskey. Like I really wanted you guys to try no, that. No, thank you, Sherry. Really, that is thought it was really cool. Is that available? Whiskey. That is the most. Yeah, I think they just. Yeah. it just came out, so it should be like people should be able to find it. I don't know what it is priced at. Yes, it's probably somewhat expensive, <laughs> sure. but probably. I mean, but you know what? This is something. It's a special bottle. It's a great bottle those, to take uh, home for the holidays and share with people you love. To those pages that are flexing their most delicious of of the year so far <laughs> this is the most intriguing slash most delicious it really is an intriguing year. whiskey um bourbon i suppose is, is the proper yeah, category that would fit yeah it is a kentucky straight bourbon check it whiskey. out because i think um okay this is fantastic go on that rant now a little tangent there yeah and i guess chris you kind of fall into this but you're very honest about what you like and what you and where you get your whiskey from, but for all like the best of the year out there for everybody this year, could you do something where you're not affiliated with the brand, <laughs> or like they didn't give you the whiskey for free? Like you actually went out and purchased that bottle. That's actually so when I do my lists, yeah, like I may have received a bottle that is on the list, but I will only put it on the list if I then went out and actually bought a bottle for myself. And I don't. Uh, this That's will, one of my this will fall requirements. Is that right? requirement? This will fall. This will fall into that because I'm not saying that it can't be because you got it for free. Yeah. Or because like it's somehow you're psychologically attached to it because the brand gave you that bottle free. I'm not saying that that can't be the case. But totally. What I want people to do, like I don't, I, I guess I explore a lot of whiskey. I don't buy a lot of bottles just because I don't yeah. have the space or whatever. I just drink more at bars. I just don't but, have fucking money for that. <laughs> that too. Um, <laughs> there's. There's a, an exploration part of it where I want to know, like, are you going out like searching for these or are like, people just coming to you and giving them? And, you know, it's not like, like, how do you explore whiskey when you're only tasting things that people have given you versus like going to a liquor store or like going to whiskey festivals and trying things and then going out to the store and buying that bottle or sitting down with it at a bar in more of a quiet space versus a riot fuck house of a whiskey. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a totally fair like thing to ask because personally, like, and this is not like, this is just reality. Yeah. I'm not trying to brag or anything. I get sent a lot of bottles of whiskey. I would never, I, I do not have to buy a bottle of whiskey pretty much throughout the course of a year because I receive a lot of, a lot of bottles and, yeah. But I do still go out and seek out those mm-hmm. those other things and, and like I buy a stupid amount of bottles. <laughs> and then again, like I'm gonna buy a bottle of this Maester because yeah, yeah. it's so good. Like if if I get something that is outstanding, I will then go buy it's cool. a bottle of it. Appreciate that. And oh. that's and that's where you're putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And I and, you know, I probably don't communicate that enough that 
but well, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't feel you have to. My 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 comment no, wasn't too. It's not a big deal either. I it's just, not a big deal, really. I mean, I just was thinking. I just been really curious as to where how these, like, what prompted these lists and what mm-hmm. I mean, you know, was it something that you were trying to? They were trying to. Just to you know, they're content creators, so they're creating content. And yeah, this was an idea, you know, so that's cool. You know, so it becomes more pressure on content creation where fuck I gotta come up with something or I gotta do something. And if you have to follow a fad, you follow a fad for one post and then you come you know, you do something else. But I mean, yeah. I mean I wasn't trying to rib, I was just trying to, no, yeah. to these are the things that should be on the list. Yeah, yeah. You know. We'll get there someday. <laughs> we'll get there someday. <laughs> or yeah. social media will just destroy us we'll all. Get, we'll get there. That's there. probably the more likely. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Bring us all down from there. Huh. Only if we let them. Only if we let them. Was there anything on the level of this interesting of a collaboration, this different, I guess, interesting on an exploration of grains and terroir and the history of the people who are making this whiskey that you tried at KBF? So two two other things that I really liked. One I brought is this Hemingway rye. Mm. Oh. It's ridiculous rye whiskey. Distilled then, by Ernest himself. Well, yes. He probably wrote about it. Yep. And then... Um, same birthday. Oh, that's yeah. right. Probably kill myself on the same day as him too, Ooh. actually. <laughs> that's, that, that, that dark. That just fucking that got just dark. dark. <laughs> Jesus. Lola's like, what? <laughs> Jeez. You're going to... Freak. Just joking. So he Hemingway just brought rye. me down. Delicious. Joking. <laughs> Moving on from when Jerry was going to kill himself. Very happy. Um, <laughs> also, Redline whiskey, which I think wow. you texted me about like a yeah. couple months back. You yeah. Know, have you had this? I think you were maybe at Delilah's trying yes, it. Yes, I think it was, yeah. And um, they had just, I think they had just entered the Chicago market. I actually haven't seen it here yet anywhere. Um but I tried some of their stuff at Kentucky Bourbon Fest. And again, they're like, they're not necessarily doing anything like different. It's like four-year-old whiskey, right? Yeah, they're sourcing from, I think, MGP. I think so, yeah. And But they're doing, and they're doing finishing, but they're doing some really interesting finishes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the one that really like blew me away is they did this, vanilla brandy barrel finish so it was like french cognac or french brandy that had the barrel had once like held like madagascar vanilla beans or something cool and so like that it was just a ridiculous whiskey like so so good and then i went through their entire lineup and most of it was most of it was different finishes that they were doing, but they had like, I don't know how they did it or who's like the guy that owns the brand was there. Like, I don't know what his background is, <laughs> but like they nailed like everything mm-hmm. that they were doing. And I was pretty, like, I was pretty impressed with that brand. It was like thinking of, it's kind of like thinking of Penelope like mm-hmm. three years ago. Yes. Yes. And like, before like Penelope started doing finishing, these guys are like starting yeah. with doing finishes. I get it. Like everyone's doing finishing, it, but if you can do it really well, yeah, then it's worth putting out there. Like I'm, I'm starting to sour on it 
quite a bit on okay. on a lot of like what's happening in the fin- with finishes. But yeah, we'll be even if you put out a vanilla brandy finish and it's like really good, then right. I'm gonna drink it and I'm gonna buy it. I was actually looking for it yes. online today to I see mean, if, it, who had it in Chicago. I sounds, couldn't find it. It sounds it sounds <laughs> up there considering the finishes ridiculous. Yeah, and I met somebody from the distillery when I texted you that day. Um, sometimes you can fall into a. a Black Abyss at Delilah's, <laughs> but uh, with all the things you try, which you I'll can. be doing that in about a half an hour. Um, which is easy to do there. Yeah, but I remember it's you hearing it, uh, genuine words from somebody from the distillery telling why they're doing this, which makes it so much more interesting and much more, for me, approachable about having a finished whiskey versus somebody's like, oh, yeah, like, well, everyone's doing wine barrels. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's doing this type of cognac cask, whatever it might be. But there's... We are approaching the day. I just found out that Scotland is, I think it's a privy information, uh, <laughs> is uh, is sourcing a, th- a million barrels from Australia because they don't have anywhere else to go. Wow. Because we are running short on barrels. We are cutting down trees at a huge rate of speed where I, I, I think I could be completely wrong. This is just my project, projection based on having a lot of conversations bourbon's not the laws of bourbon are have to change you can't virgin note cast can't stay it, it, but it begs the, it, it just kind of goes to the next point of hmm. what do these distilleries do that are sourcing or in sourcing maybe they want to make whiskey in the future um they're waiting for that that period of time where their whiskey their own whiskey's ready to go like so many brands that we know have done what are you gonna do just leave it in the barrel not do anything different like what it makes you nothing unique that doesn't stand you out in the shelves whatsoever you have to find a marketplace to to reinvent your to invent your brand or maybe reinvent your brand to actually have eyes on there and then actual lips to your whiskey yeah um actually on i just opened a whole can of worms with that no, you're, yeah no, it's funny actually, is callum commented on this on his going away episode he, he mentioned drunk. like something that I had put out there yeah. on, on threads. Causing a ruckus on the internet, he says. Yeah, I was like, does American whiskey, does bourbon, like at some point in time, do the laws need to change where like you don't have to use virgin oak for bourbon because of what you you know, had just mentioned? Now, some people will say there is not a shortage of, there's no shortage of barrels in america there might be shortage of barrels for scotch makers right because right. they're you know they're looking they're always putting the whiskey into second use, use yeah. second use barrels mm-hmm. so here people argue there's not an issue like we can keep going yeah but one okay fine we can keep going but two at like what point in time does the industry need to also look at sustainability and like yes i know you can take your used cask and sell it to a scotch producer that's that's fine but what about like all those toasted casks that you're using and like you're just using you're toasting a barrel and you're using it once and Yes, okay, you can sell that to Scotland. But like at what point in time do you have to be like, man, we can't just like we're wrecking your entire country. Yeah, we can't <laughs> just keep cutting down trees and using barrels one time and selling them to Scotland. Yeah. Like at some point in time that's probably going to Right. end, I don't know, but it's just something that probably needs to be looked at and and like maybe you have like a a bourbon plus category it's like you know it's a used barrel it's all the same requirements Mm -hmm. of of bourbon and like Mm -hmm. 
or an asterisk, asterisk or something. I don't know. I mean, anyway, it's, it's a whole, it's, it's just a whole like thing. sports. Sure. Like you have the Super Bowl era. <clears throat> like there's there's the NFL before the Super Bowl, yeah. and then there's the Super Bowl era of the last fifty plus years. Yeah. Where it's just it's just a different league, and we call it a modern generation or the modern game. Things evolve everywhere in life. But the game is the same, but the players have changed. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's the same difference. Well, you know, we're a vi- so distilleries. <laughs> in the U.S. are victim to our own circumstances for because yep. these larger bands are brands, sorry. In bands. Are coming up in bands. True. Um, like right, Aerosmith or what? Uh, like, you know, like Def Leppard. And, <laughs> Def Leppard. You know, like, what's the other? They're not American. Is Aerosmith still even around? They're still alive. Yeah. Yeah, they're still alive. Stones are still touring. Stones are still touring. Yeah. But it, I mean, toasted, the toasted category. Yeah. I don't get it. I never understood it. Aren't all barrels toasted already to a degree yeah. before they got ch- get charred? So it's is it is it our fault for re, you know jumping on this and all of us trying to mimic it, trying to yeah. come jump into the category like well, the finishing things and all that. I think the bigger issue is that, and I, I've talked about this a little bit, is that we're not so the idea of bourbon. We're we're going down a whole another yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah, we are, but. The whole idea of bourbon we don't have notes in this podcast is pretty much changed already in the United States. Like we're not even yeah. protecting what bourbon actually is defined as in this country. Like a new charred oak barrel. That's that's like vessel. Given all the other requirements, the sure. the proof that it can be distilled to fifty one percent corn, mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. But the, ultimately, it needs to go into a new charred oak container correct well we're already calling stuff that we're taking out of the new charred oak container and putting into a, another barrel that's been used we're still calling that on the front of the label we're still calling that stuff bourbon now technically yes technically it is yeah. not really bourbon but it says it on the front of the label so people look at that label and they go bourbon whiskey finished in Port barrel. Mm-hmm. This is bourbon. Actually, no, it's not actually bourbon because once it comes out of that original cask and goes into something else, it Whiskey. ceases to be bourbon. Yeah. I get the whole argument saying, Chris, it's bourbon. Like it was bourbon, <laughs> it just went into another barrel. It is like it is bourbon yeah. that has been put into another barrel. Yeah. But technically, the re- the the code says. Mm-hmm. You take it out of that that <clears throat> original barrel and put it into something else. It ceases to be bourbon. Yet we can still put it on the front of the label. So uh, there's a lot of confusion, in my opinion, to people coming into the category, and they look at that. They look at Angel's Envy, <laughs> and that's like one of the first whiskeys that a lot of yeah. people drink. And they're like, "Oh, bourbon tastes like this." Mm. No, actually, bourbon does not taste like a port finish. Yeah, bourbon. Port it doesn't. Like it doesn't taste like that. So, who do we blame for that? It's the. It's not the blame. It's just the evolution. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, so we got to blame somebody because someone put bourbon on the label when it's not a bourbon. Well, anymore. the TDB a lot of that <laughs> well, happened. There, there's gray areas. There's, you know, there's ways. Or is to it, like there's just all they of the, put it as like the fanciful name. Like yeah. there's all okay. these little these. There's all these little. It's all about where loopholes. Sure, absolutely. You know bourbon. So if on if it's if bourbon's on a different line the label it's technically not bourbon. Yes. You don't have to follow cuz it has still, to be on the first line. No, it's about putting it all together like Like straight bourbon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's like 
brown sugar bourbon. Yeah. So they can call it bourbon. They can call it brown sugar bourbon because that's the there's a way to to submit the label where you submit it under a fanciful name. Mm-hmm. Right. So the fanciful name is brown sugar bourbon. Brown sugar bourbon. That shit is not <laughs> bourbon. It, it, it's not even really whiskey. It's just I don't even know what it is. It's sweetness. But yeah, is that Jimmy Fox? But yet. Is yes, it, it is it Jamie Foxx. Yeah. 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 He bought the brand. Yeah. No shit. But the I thing didn't know is, that. like, someone, because of what we're doing here in the United States, we're not even really protecting the name of bourbon the way that we should, should be, be within the within Very the borders parameters. of this country. So, mm-hmm. are, do you, are you trying to argue for we should be protecting it or we should evolve? I'm saying if we're if what we're doing right now is just like you can basically use bourbon in any way it, it seems like you can use bourbon in any way that you want well, it's been proven to be happening already yeah so. I, I mean look at any label yeah uh, all these finishes that are that are happening like my argument would be since we're already basically allowing for all of this stuff to be called bourbon yeah why not allow for uh, a used cask to be introduced into the process of creating bourbon now maybe we need to put some specific parameters on what that's what that used cask is okay like did that used so my original argument when i put this out on threads was like distillery should be able to take their used bourbon barrels and put bourbon back into those and still call it bourbon so i think that's a a fair like Single source. Middle ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, it's a bourbon barrel. It yeah. held bourbon. I just took that bourbon barrel, I emptied it, I put it back on the line and filled it back up with whiskey that meets the requirements of bourbon. Okay. Why can't distilleries do that? Okay. It's a, And then just say it's a second use bourbon barrel. This is bourbon in a second use mm-hmm. bourbon barrel. I see what you're saying. Like, so subcategory in a sense. It was category. originally used for bourbon. <clears throat> Our bourbon, by the way. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, the we monthly, emptied it. Yeah. We put it back on the line and we refilled it with our own bourbon again. Why can't that be called bourbon? Yeah, I, so I, it should have yeah. followed, it kind of follows the BIB law. Where Not really. When you do a bourbon, when you do a bonded and bond, it has to be single. Yeah, but so yeah, it kind of re, follows that, a, that regard. Be I kind of reuse cast. But it's, it's well, no, the, but the whole thing is it's a second use cast. I feel like so it's I not like bourbon. It's, it's, it's that would be just it, considered American whiskey. Well, considering just you, an additional set of subset of rules, if you will. I think a nice parallel would be um, for Scotch for blended or single malt, where if it's all one house, it's single malt whiskey. If it's all one distilled at one yeah, house, it's correct. all single whiskey. If you're distilling at separate distilleries and then blending it together, it's called a blend of whiskey. Yeah. Why can't we have a, verif- a like a, a single bourbon where we like exactly. if it's, if it's all in house bar- if it's all in house barrels okay. like Buffalo Trace bought renewed char casks or made renewed char- renewed char casks, used it for four to eight years, whatever they want to barrel age it for, and kept those in house, never touched anywhere else. Why can't it just? And that's a really good point. Like I dig why that. can't like. And my point was like, just take that, you just emptied that barrel, put it back on the line and refill it. Yeah. But what if you just recharred the barrel? Right. Like, there you go. why can't you do yeah. that? You can. And then, and I mean, then it'll give it a really call nice, it bourbon. Well, I would really give the it a different flavor. The logging unions are going to be after it us. Would, after but, but I mean, I'm saying like. No, I'd be curious to know what that tastes no, like. No, yeah. I mean, it, good, it's probably a huge political underbelly of this all that's based upon the distilleries and the logger. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Totally. I can see that. Would never, I mean, I get it, like. 
I try to be as environmental friendly as possible, I guess, but we can be to a degree. I mean, yeah, it's, it, just, it just begs the question of like how many more ecosystems we need to destroy in the yeah. in the world to create whiskey. And and part of my point is just like we're kind of like we kind of fucked it up already. Mm. Like we're not even we're not even we're really not even following the rules now. Right. So like, Good are point. there even really any rules? And it's not really the big guys it's that benefit. Like, it's like it's, it's the smaller true. guys that are like why we we just sell off our casks. We can't reuse these things. If, if you want to make bourbon, we can't reuse. There's these only casts. so many breweries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they're only... like, we don't want to do that. Everyone else is fucking doing. I mean, that like too. I remember, we'd have like 300 empty barrels of inventory. I sold used barrels at Coval. Yeah, and That's right. it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a priority of mine to get rid of them, but it was for my bosses sometimes. Um, but like, we have three, four hundred b- barrels just empty sitting empty in our distillery, sitting. and then eventually they just dry out, and they're not really that great anymore for a yeah. lot of things. Other than gardening. Like now they can't be used for anything. Yeah, exactly. you know. Now but we could have, we just could have put them back in rotation, saved the company thousands and thousands exactly. of dollars, <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars. So that's why yeah. I don't understand why the like distilleries thing. wouldn't be on board with being able to huh. reuse their own barrels. Yeah, and like okay, fine, just just somehow be transparent about that Single and say and... it's a second use barrel yeah. or it's like it's been recharred and reused, like. You can get two uses out of a oh yeah bourbon barrel, especially if you're only aging whiskey for four years. Yeah, and like your old Forester, and like everything they put out is four years old. Yep. Like you take that barrel, you put it right back in the rotation, or you rechar it. Like you're gonna get pretty much the same whiskey back out of that barrel the second time. Sure, it would change a little bit. It would but change yeah, a little bit. But yeah. then blend it in with blend it your with also original barrel. Right, and also you get another category too. It's just bourbon two or different times two or whatever you want to call it i do like i do like i like i, I do like the argument I really if it all do. stays in house i just don't get why you couldn't easily Correct. amend that so you can I mean, use we're single solving, straight we're solving issues just... right here on key in the lake motherfucker i wish i had money man i wish i had a shit ton of money I wish you joe biden was listening what is it 862 <laughs> million is the uh pot right now you know how that's a For lot what? of barrels oh, i get it yeah. <laughs> for the uh is that powerball right yeah, now powerball yeah. oh i was like what are you talking about Dreams, brother. Dreams. <laughs> Sweetness. <laughs> Sweetness. It would be, it would, yeah, I mean, it just seems like it would just resolve so many issues. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do that. it. It would resolve so many issues. I mean, because even just the housing of empty barrels for small distillers. Well, it's easy for us to solve them because we got no money in the game. True. But when you have money in the game, bruh, if it's not yours or someone else's money, you're yeah, not going to that's true. That's a good point. Shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I actually, so when I put out that thread or whatever you call it, um, Garrett Oliver oh. from Brooklyn Brewing actually had like an impassioned response to like my suggestion that like we we should change the regulations. And I, I, I forget exactly what he said, but he was basically like, absolutely not. Mm. Like bourbon is bourbon for a reason. Yeah. And because of the, yeah. the, the regulations that are in place, but... I didn't get into a whole thing with 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 him about it, but I uh-huh. was like, "But we aren't even really enforcing those regulations right now." If you really think if you deeply really about it, it really what it does protect is people outside of America doing yes, it. That's totally. What it, it, it but you can that. still, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so because I mean, it is, part of the reason why it we, is our native spirit. Yeah, and that was partially so now you're fucking Canadian, with tradition. Yeah. Well, and that longevity. was part of his argument too. But yeah. I get all that, but. You're just fucking I mean, the like, internet, bro. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I like to stir some shit up every now. Women and can get bank loans now. They yeah, were, I'm a pot stirrer every once in a while. Fucking man, I love it. Stir the you pot have a little to bit be. early. No, you just is. can't. You no, just can't love everything. Boring without and it. That's the thing. I just don't get like everyone it, loves not, everything. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's not like I mean I've. I think if you've listened to this podcast or read anything I've written on the website or any of my posts, like I'm all for bourbon as our native spirit. Totally, I'm down but, for it. Like we've bastardized it at this point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's my whole argument. Yeah. Is like we've we're pretty much fucking it up as it is right and, now. And the bourbon, <laughs> I mean, I've worked for small distilleries. The bourbon that Buffalo Trace, Old Forester are putting out, compared to like bourbon distilleries that are on a very small scale, and going to them and drinking them and conversing with people that work for those distilleries, that are essentially touching casks. Yeah, it's, that's the bastardization right there. We yes. already opened the doors when craft distilling came into play, and which I'm a hundred percent for craft distilling. It's just that to make money back to do certain things as a smaller brand, you have to take certain risk or maneuver in different 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 ways. So I don't know. It's 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 been ever since you know the 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 gluttony of distilleries opening up in you know, let's say 2008 2010 to where we are now. It's been changed in, in that path. Totally. Why, why can't we do something different? It's not It's not completely far-fetched. You keep it still as a native spirit. It can still be designated as anything bourbon has to be made in America. That could be a designation of it right there. Yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, I don't know the exact way that it could, that it could potentially be worked out, but I feel like there's definitely... Uh, there's definitely an opening there to allow for things that are not allowed now but yet mm -hmm. those things are actually sort of already being done yeah and the the proliferation of of international distilleries and world whiskey taking off i don't think people are like hey you know what we should really do recreate bourbon right like yeah. like like australia for example just easy route there can't grow corn in a lot of places yeah can only grow rye in certain parts parts of the, but you know you have a ton of barley and wheat okay we'll make whiskey based off of that yep so like not every every country like yeah we'll just uh we'll go over to America and source some corn whiskey bring it back here bottle it for, barrel age it for two years put it in some bottles send it to the rest world it's gonna cost 150 bucks yeah not, it's not viable yeah it's probably not I mean but I mean, would like, someone try to exploit it of course sure there's of always course. somebody yeah <clears throat> so are we gonna move on from that yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean because I just smell this whiskey and it's fucking amazing so this is it's only 90 percent oh wait this oh, is no. one of the uh so this is 102 proof Do you know this, this is the background of this distillery i don't know other than just seeing the balls on the shelf so this is a brand created by the call family jacob yeah. and ron call and good friends it of looks mine. like clayton call maybe also signed this bottle so there's three calls that signed this bottle ron mm -hmm. call jacob call yeah ron call jacob call Clayton calls. So um, they were behind um, what is now Green River yep. Distillery. It was Owensboro Distillery before that and like something else before that. And the calls were like the master distillers there. Once Green River was purchased by uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company, they Jacob was the master distiller there and left. And so this is a brand that that they've created. I'm assuming that a good amount of this whiskey in here is from. Oh, actually, so 90% of the whiskey is 95% rye from Indiana. So it's 95.5 rye from Indiana. So okay. that's MGP. Yeah. 
10% of the blend is blend. 95% rye from Kentucky. So 95.5 rye from Kentucky. I'm assuming that's from Green, Green River. When I assume so. It was uh, distilled probably by Jacob there. So distilled and aged in Kentucky and Indiana. Uh, a blend of 95.5 rye whiskeys under the Hemingway rye label. I don't know much else about like... Why in the hell did they start this brand with? It's based off with Ernest Hemingway's Hemingway, right? Ernest Hemingway's yeah. name yeah. on it. I don't. I don't know. Um, Perhaps they have some sort of connection to the family. Let's see if there's anything Maybe. that tells us on the back. So, may this bottle serve as a conduit for friends to gather, memories to be made, and stories to be passed down. That's the Hemingway. Uh, the narrative begins with the Call family. For over 230 years and eight generations of rich storytelling through whiskey distillation, they continue to craft the perfect pour for moments we're sharing. Let's raise a glass to Hemingway, the Call family, and to be, and to the stories that are yet to be told. I, I just don't feel think like that tells us anything. I there, feel like but. it's it's just such a it's such like a 1930s way of creating a brand post prohibition, where it's like, hey, we're gonna take this folklore from this magical hero of ours um, that might have been a real person, might not have been a real person. In this case, a real person. Yes. But Hemingway was a notorious rum drinker. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was a. I mean, yeah. drink a lot of a lot of things, but um, it's uh, it's funny just to take that whole like 230 years like. And it's just funny um, to think that there's so much transparency in the whiskey industry these days, and then people kind of still rely on that old folklore. I mean, it smells amazing. I'm sure it'll taste amazing. It smells really good. But it's it's just funny. And it, they and they're dudes that are well known, like Green River. Oh, yeah, I Green mean, River's like that's a jam of mine. I yeah. love Green River. Oh God, the Green River whiskey is amazing, and the Call family has been distilling for yeah. generations. Yeah, I'm not trying to smoke, taking. It's yeah. just, I'm not talking. Ow. I would just bit my foot. Uh, I'm not trying to like talk any smack about them. It's just a funny way of marketing it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, it just seems like it's an old school way. But, you know, what goes around comes around. So 95.5 Rise from Indiana, MGP, and from Kentucky, thinking probably Green River, since that's where Jacob Call was distilling at. And um, it is finished in, yeah. oh, so here's the Hemingway connection. It tastes like rum. Finished in rum seasoned mm. Oloroso sherry casks. Say so it there's like a sherry taste to it as well. There is a you can smell the sherry on the nose. It's on like it. it's like vanilla vanilla rum tasting on it. It's dry. And then like <laughs> there's like this bouquet of fruits that comes out into sherry taste. It's still good though. Mm. This was one of my It's like candy. Oh, that is like candy. Um Oh, you get like a little bit of a, you get like a little bit of tropical mm -hmm. kind of, <clears throat> oh, I don't know what the tropical fruit is, but. It tastes a little mango-y. Yeah, a little, yeah, maybe some mango in there. Um, I just thought this was really an interesting whiskey, tasting it at Kentucky Bourbon Fest. They very generously, as I was walking away from the table, gave me this bottle. Oh, wow. So. Um. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really nice whiskey. Obviously, I I love rye, mm -hmm. and this is this is really, really well tasty. done. Like the the I feel like the finishes the finishes on this or the finish in rum seasoned Oloroso sherry casks is 
is subtle, but also like it adds a little dimension to the whiskey. The spice from the rum is there. Unless it's, well, actually it's the rye. But there's something underlying that's bunching it up. Has to be the rum. So I'm assuming it was a rum cask that then then aged sherry, sherry in it, or, or vice versa, or pro- yeah, I mean, probably vice versa, sherry cask that um, season. I rum love the was word aged season. in. Season, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a tasty whiskey. Tasty. I just thought it was interesting and be a fun to to try. That's really good. I was, just, I was good. trying to find some information, but it's only in the eighty dollar range. Hmm. Not bad. Eighty dollars. Yeah, it's really tasty, man. Could drink that. Be wonderful in some cocktails too. It's a cool bottle. And they have like the Hemingway name on there. The typewriter uh, letters mm, yeah, spell out R Y E Rye on there. That's cool. Old school typewriter at that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Most yeah, is a big cool. typewriter. Oh man, I love typewriters. Are you in like a typewriter club where you get together and no? Like, so I took typewriter. Pa- all your a, Smith Coronas. I went to high school in an age where we had to take typing class. So yeah, did I, my so friend. Did I, yeah. You guys use computers? No, yours are the same age, basically. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I did not use a computer in high school, actually. Yeah, that's... I went to college with a oh. Commodore sixty four. No, I did not have a. I did not have a computer. I went with a. Um, what what did they call it uh, back in the day? Um, I can't remember what they called it, but I basically had a, it was like a typewriter, mm-hmm. and it had a little tiny screen on it that you could see three lines of text at a time. Oh my gosh! On the screen, on the screen, I don't even know what to call. It. I, I, I there's a don't know. Betamax. I've had a little. <laughs> uh, That's good. Too oh, many pores to remember what it was called. Shit. But, huh? Um, and then you could slide a. Three and a half inch floppy, floppy. disk into the side. Oh, so it was like a pre-computer, yeah. pre-what, pre-word processor before the oh, raw it processor. Was called a, I think it was called a word processor. Is it a word processor? Yeah, I think it was called a. Word I thought processor. it was just because then later on that was the actual name of the app. It sounds like an invention that Doc Brown made up on Back <laughs> to the Future. <laughs> Probably. We were watching that while we typed our homework, actually. Yeah, so you would type it all out. You could see three lines at a time. You could save it, and then you would hit print. Like, you would type it, and you wouldn't actually be typing. But then you would put the paper in and and hit print, and it would... It would take the sheets oh, through right. cool. the word processor mm, and print I it. I do remember this. Yeah, now I do remember yeah. this. Oh. But it looked like a typewriter. Yeah. That's cool. I don't remember. I, I mean, you could do both. It you was, could print, yeah. you could type, you could type and do it like, like as a typewriter. Okay. You could use it, it as a It had the perforated edges on yeah. the paper, I believe. This one did no. not, okay. but there were ones like that. We had yes. that, yeah. Those are more of the printer printers, yeah. Or those, uh, what do you call those? Uh, doc? Doc? Dot matrix? Dot matrix. We'll start a we'll start a tech Boy, podcast. We're really on the going side. down. We're really wow. going down a rabbit hole here. But I, I love it. I had an iBook when I went to college. So, of course yeah. you did. Yeah. yeah of course Mister. you did. Yeah. Fucking Iowa. Iowa. Fucking, Fucking Iowa. Fucking it's all about Iowa. Yeah, it is. All wow. about it. No, this is good whiskey. Yeah, tasty. Uh, I enjoyed it. Fun stuff. It interesting brand. It is interesting. Mm. I've seen it a lot. Like online. Hmm. But I haven't been able to see it on the shelf. So to in, be able to really see it. It's sold cool. in Illinois, isn't it? Not positive. I feel like I, maybe I saw it in a different market when I was visiting. Yeah, I've not seen it. So it's cool to actually see it now. Reminds me of the uh, Long Branch bottle. Yeah. It looks oh, yeah. like the Long Branch bottle. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. 
has. Oh, hey, it's signed. Yeah, it's signed by the entire like call family. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Was there any surprises down at KBF that you ran into? Like whiskey-wise? Are you like, oh, oh yeah. wow, this is really good, or I haven't tried this and turned out well? Because that was, what, two, three days long? Yeah. Uh, did you travel by yourself, or did you go with a group? Well, I met a bunch of people there. Cool. All, all like the Chicago crew, like yeah. the Malloys, okay. and right. they were they were all down there. Um, you went to Starlight too, right? I did not go or to Starlight on this. Is that before this trip you went down. down there? I typically stop in there when I go no. down to uh, Kentucky. Why wouldn't you? But uh, I did not this time. Um, Jerks. But I got down there Wednesday. <laughs> got down there Wednesday night. I actually hung out with Sean oh, from nice. Pinhook on Wednesday night. He was down there doing a. He was down there doing a, a tasting um, mm. with somebody at, at uh, a bar down there, and then um, are we all getting a Amber Alert or something? No. <laughs> and then uh, Thursday, I was basically at the festival from Thursday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and came home Sunday. Nice. Yeah, well, that's a long day. It was. A, it was a, a long, long weekend, weekend, I should say. I felt like if I would have gone, I would have lot, got into a lot of fights. I don't know why. <laughs> Actually, you would not have been happy with. I know. I just. I wasn't happy with a lot of the things that I'm I sure. saw and people that I. You know, I was very confused. Met. I was. I was looking at a couple of the. This is both Bourbon and Beyond, and uh, KBF was the same weekend in Kentucky. But um, that was weird. I was looking at a couple, like, a couple of panels got fed to me, like who was doing it, and I'm like, why aren't there like master distillers and master blenders and people have been in the industry for like 30, 40 years talking on these versus like people have been talking about whiskey on TikTok and online for like <laughs> two years. And like, I mean, I, I, people, these aren't people, I mean, I'm always talking about people that I've worked with. Um, that I'm like, they don't know anything. This is not, not friends of mine, not people we're close with. It's more extension of my day job. I'm like, <laughs> person doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, why do they have a platform to talk in front of thousands of people that love whiskey? Uh, it's because they have 100,000 followers on TikTok. That's yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It helps. I've never yeah. been on TikTok, so I guess I can't, I can't, can't uh, yeah, speak what I don't TikTok. know. It's not a platform I use No, I just, I feel much. like it would just been, it would have been a lot of, uh, been like at a, a concert where everybody has their cameras up the entire time and you can't see the band playing. That's what then oh. feels like I would have been, probably would have been in a sea of. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't yeah, like that visual. I, you would have had fun, but I feel like oh, you all, you yeah. would have also been pretty perturbed at some of the antics that went on. <laughs> antics. Because I, I like antics. I was as well, actually. Oh, well, yeah. I, well, I, I feel it's... it's uh, what I, is the... I mean, you're, when people go to, Kent, to Kentucky Bourbon Fest, because I refuse to call it the acronym. Um, KBF. I just you. can't remember what it stands for, so... Yeah, I just... When you see what's going on, it's like... Hmm. Is this just a shit show on a larger scale? It is in a way. I will say it's a hundred percent worth going. Yeah. And then and then it just from there, like you have to make the you have to make the weekend what you want to make it. Yeah, what'd you do outside of the festival? Uh so there was a couple like after parties that uh were going on. So cool. the festival ends at like six, so it allows distilleries oh, to like okay. do their own thing at okay. night. So um, actually, we stayed at the Bardstown Motor Lodge. Yeah, right. Yeah. So one night, Broken Barrel had a an event at uh, the Bardstown Motor Lodge. Oh, cool. Um, other than that, I didn't do any like after parties except for um, the the one evening. We did a big bottle share oh, on Saturday fun. night with like a ton of people that were at the festival came to the 
courtyard at the at the motor lodge and mm. like there was like just an insane amount of bottles yeah good courtyard. on the picnic table in the courtyard and it was I like it was, that was, it was cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had a giant like a i don't know how many like 16 box holder of bottles yeah. and oh, i just like take take him <laughs> i don't want to please <laughs> yeah that's awesome i i the only thing i lost that night that i regret was the glass that ryan gave us Oh, the win- the wisdom glass. Yeah, uh, I like that glass. Yeah, the heavy base yeah. on it. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ryan. Um, that one dude, Ryan. That one dude, Ryan. That yeah. one dude, Ryan. No, that, that dude. That, that dude. dude. That dude, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> that dude. I've always wondered that if it's just one of those shit shows that we've done. Mm. Yeah, it, it is. It, it ca- can be right, but it's again, it's like what you make of it. I always take it from the. I was trying. I was. I really wanted to go, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna go, and then just work shit and life shit happened, but. Um, I was trying to take the perspective of like, what would it be like from the side of the table I'm usually at at festivals where I'm like, yeah. all right, after three hours, I just want to get the yeah. hell out after of here. the first hour and a half, actually. Wilson you know, usually does leave after the first hour I and a half. I do. Yeah. I leave after. If it's, if it's a shit show, I'm not spending my product or time on you. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in there. I'm in there. Yeah, I leave. <laughs> so this year, like the craft... So they separate like the craft distilleries from like the major players, and actually Castle and Key is like right on the border. So they're like, Ooh. as you enter the craft distillery like area, mm. Castle and Key is like right there. Mm-hmm. They're not actually in the craft distillery area, but they're right on the just outside of it. Probably because we have actually a good position. Our, our trailer. It's actually that, a good transition from yeah. the main street to the ghost of Colonel Taylor. But I would say this year. The craft distillery area was like where it was at. That was the place to be. Like so everyone many, yeah. was in there. So many grown up brands. That's yeah. actually what I was excited about. I was excited to try yeah. like what was going on. With the, that was, with the everybody guys. was yeah. in there. Like that was busy. Like you had to wait in lines oh, wow. to to taste a lot of stuff, and then you could walk That's up cool. to like the the major brands and just walk right up and taste. It's like, hey, I'll take some of your whatever you wanted. Reserve. Cool. But what's cool is they also like most brands brought like interesting things to try. Fun. They didn't just Good. some just fucking dialed they could it sell in there and just, too, right? Yes, that's great. That's Which great. is cool. Yeah, some brands just huge. dialed it in. You're like, are you seriously just offering like your core lineup? Like you yeah. didn't bring anything special. Um, most brands brought like some special things to try, that's which cool. that's cool. That's like a cool part of it. But yeah, I, I mean, I would recommend people. Check it out at least yeah. one time. It's a, I, I think it's one of, it's one of the best festivals that I've been to. You know, whiskey. Book your hotels now. Yeah. Yeah. Septem- seriously, I think it's September thirteenth through the fifteenth next year. Yeah, it's it's already because we are we were that came up on our uh, meeting this morning about um, upcoming twenty twenty four things. I recommend it's a, it's a fun time and then we making have, new friends. And then we have Bourbon on the Banks <laughs> next week. Or something like that, right? Yeah, October... What's that? I think that's October 5th? Yeah. That weekend or yeah. something like that? Yeah. Um, Banks of the, the Banks of the River in Frankfurt. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> cool. Yeah. Actually, you need to go to that. That sounds like a cool thing. It'll be different, obviously. The setting's much more different. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, lots of festivals coming up. It is that time of year. Come uh, drink all the festivals that we'll be at in the next uh, upcoming weeks. This is the busy time of year for whiskey, yeah. so get used to it. Get your stuff ready. Get your pocketbooks ready. Get your gift list ready. Pocket get your books get your pallets ready. Pallets ready. We've got some really wonderful things out there. Be on the lookout. Wonderful we got things. a lot of good things. If you wonderful. want to know more, hit us up. DMM. Yeah, DM straight up awesome. on the Key and Lake at 312, at Urban Bourbon. It's at Jay Cookie. 
Mm. Not the hooker. Mm. H U. Please don't email. Please don't DM me my personal page. <laughs> <laughs> or do it. It's just a lot of pictures of my dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, everybody else out there, have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you next week with uh, Fuck Steve Malloy in it. <laughs> 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 Present Treader. Yeah. Get ready Cheers. for that. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.